is the NFL Edge podcast. I'm Dave Rothenberg. She's Kristen Rogers. Together we create, well, like I said, the NFL Edge podcast. Kristen, week 11 has now started. One game in the books. We'll get to all the games. We'll analyze. We'll dissect. We'll give picks. We'll look at fantasy. Before we do any of it, how are you? Dave, I'm doing great because I picked the Patriots in Thursday Night Football Plus or minus six and a half, and oh, here know. we are going into Friday, and I'm one and zero on the week in our picks. I'm I'm feeling pretty good. I feel like I've righted the ship because I went for whatever reason. I hopped off the Patriots bandwagon last week, and after picking them for two straight weeks, I learned my lesson. We're back with the Patriots, back with Mac Jones, and we're feeling good. I blame myself for this because I saw an exit strategy the other day during the podcast where we could say goodbye and you wouldn't have gotten your pick on the record. But I said, would you like to make the pick? And I gave you the opportunity. You jumped at it. It really is a credit to you and a fault of me that you were able to get that point. I mean, speaking of faults, I, I do have a question for you as we, we take a look at this Patriots-Falcons game. Are we going to talk about the San Andreas fault? <laughs> the San Andreas fault. Uh, no, although growing up in California, I have been waiting for like the big one to hit for years now. That was one of my biggest fears growing up was that the, the big earthquake w- would happen. It was supposed to happen in 2010, supposed to happen in 2016. Has not happened yet, and each year it goes by. I'm a little bit more terrified. Uh, but... Also terrified of the fact that the uh, the Atlanta Falcons don't have an offensive line, do they? Because Matt Ryan spent most no. of Thursday night on the ground. No, not only do they not have an offensive line, they don't have any weapons maybe outside of Kyle Pitts. So, I mean, their guys running the ball, I, I didn't even know existed. Like, like Oslin, is that his name? Like, sure. He, there's a guy, Smith. Um, you know, it wasn't Mike Davis, Cordaro Patterson, your favorite, didn't, didn't even play in this game. Calvin Ridley is uh, is on IR, and we know what's going on with him. So, really, they're probably overmatched anyway, but they don't have, I think it's fair to say, their best two offensive players in Patterson and Ridley. They had, they had less than no chance in that game. Yeah, it was horrible. I mean, Bill Belichick did a really good job taking Kyle Pitts out of the conversation in the first half, second half as well. Um, so when it's, 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 when it's coming down to Matt Ryan, I mean, the sack that he took on third and one in the first half, and, um, then that penalty that, you know, they backed up all the way to the, you know, to the 40 missed a 50 yard field goal. And then the interception in the fourth quarter, that, that stuff can't happen when you're in that situation. Um, but kudos to the Patriots defense for, for stopping the Falcons in the red zone twice last night. They, they did. They got the big sack. They're now seven and four. And their next four weeks, they play the Buffalo Bills twice. We'll get a real answer on what, in fact, the Patriots are. But is it fair to say, winning the division or not, in your mind, this is going to be a playoff team in New England? I do, yes. Yeah, I I really like what we're seeing. I mean, they've rattled off, what, five straight wins now? Remember when they started the season two and four? That feels like yes. centuries ago at this point because not only do you have Mac Jones progressing so well, but they're running the football outstandingly right now because their offensive line is incredible. And it's not just... Um, you know, it's not just Damian Harris, who is back after that concussion from last week, but you have Ramondre Stevenson that would step right in. I, they are they're doing what Bill Belichick has done in the past, which is not only finding ways to win, but just taking out the, the key player on the other side of the ball. And it's it's been working wonders for them five weeks so far. Right. So they're, they're seven and four. But 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 think about this for a second now. They lost that game to Dallas in overtime that they they probably should have won that game. I thought they were the better team. And they lost that Sunday night game to Tampa. 
by missing a, a field goal at the very end. So really, Kristen, this is a team that we could be looking at at nine and two late stages now of the regular season. Yeah, that's that's a fair argument to make. I like I said, I, I momentarily stepped off the Patriots train. I am I am fully back on leading the I'm in like the conductor's car at this point because they are Oh nice. Yeah, exactly. The, the this train is heading to the playoffs. Um and it's uh it's gonna be really fun to see what what this team can do moving forward, um, even after the season. Like, like an all aboard kind of thing. Like all aboard. Like the choo choo. Yeah, give me give me like oh, the whistle nice. and all that. Yeah, I'm I'm here. How about the bing bong? You gonna get throw the bing bong in there? I have no idea what the bing bong is. <laughs> oh, it's it surrounds the Knicks. It's unimportant. New Orleans at Philadelphia. Now, Philadelphia's a team's like, eh, and we know your your you know, love affair with this Eagles team. Philadelphia is a team that all of a sudden you look at that seven spot. There's seven teams now in each conference that get in. We know that. Philadelphia four and six. They never were a team that you looked at and said they could. Maybe they can. But maybe they can. They host New Orleans. They win this game. They go to five and six. New Orleans would drop to five and five, and they would have beaten the Saints. This is a huge game for these two teams. Yeah, this, I think, is going to be a big swing game in the uh, the NFC playoff race for especially that seven spot, is, as you just mentioned. And I, I actually feel like the Eagles may have the edge here. I mean, so Miles Sanders could return this week. Nick Sirianni says that he will start. He will be their starter. He will be their, their their first guy when he's healthy. But Sirianni also said that every situation is different, and they'll use Jordan Howard and Boston Scott, which I don't know. I, I can't. I, I, I'm very curious to see if he actually sticks with his words come Sunday if Miles Sanders plays and how much we're going to see from Sanders. We'll get to that in fantasy. But the Eagles have found success running the ball. The Saints do have the best run defense in the league right now. But I think Jalen Hurts can beat them through the air. I, especially if Alvin Kamara is not in this game, if he's out again this week, I, I think that the the Eagles take the edge here. Yeah, uh, it's a two-point spread. We'll get into that, of, of course, later. But Kamara did not practice on Thursday. So, you know, I think it's something you have to keep a very close eye on. And what really turns into, I don't want to say an elimination game, but I, I think it's fair to say if Philly loses, it's going to be tough to envision them in the postseason. Um I think that's fair. Uh, that's fair. Yeah, Miami at 3-7, and seven, Jets at 2-7. and seven. Y- You know, it's funny because two weeks ago you would have said, yeah, the Jets could be better than Miami. Not now. Now you look at it, you're like, oh, God. Like, I, I, you envision Miami winning this game. The, the Jets are 2-7, and seven, which is a bad record, but not the worst record. But you could argue that it feels like they might be the worst team in football right now. Dave, the Jets are in such a free fall right now. And if you need another reason to, to to add to the list of why they are the most disappointing team in football, they're going with Joe Flacco at quarterback this week. That feels so desperate. I get that things are not working for you right now. Maybe you want to change things too much. But do you think this is too much of a change? Would you give Mike White another chance? Because it feels like the constant changing of quarterback. Of course. You're not finding any sort of rhythm on offense that way. Uh, first of all, Mike White has played two games and two drives. He was as good as you've ever had in the history of the organization in one game. He was good in two drives in the other game. And he was bad against arguably, I don't know, a top three defense in the NFL. So 
Of course I would go with Mike White. I I can't understand for the life of me. Is this a solid decision? Is this a Douglas decision? Does it go all the way up the chain where this is, you know, the, the Johnsons are saying, no, 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 no. We don't want Mike White to be too good because then when it's time to flip over to Zach Wilson again, the fans are going to freak out. I don't know what they're doing. I can't believe they continue to do this. And if I was a Jets fan, I would be apoplectic about the direction of my football team. Love the use of the word there. Um, and also love the fact that we're both fired up about Mike White not getting justice right now. Well, it's so dumb. It really is. There, there's no other way to put it. It, it, it really is. Um, I, I, I just, how can you trust this Jets team right now? Uh, I mean, the Dolphins, they've been decent. Um, they've rattled off two, two straight wins here. Tua has looked competent. Uh, I mean, you, you gotta like Miami in this game because the, the Jets are, the Jets are losing this one by themselves. Uh, it feels like it. Uh, Washington at Carolina. Washington right off a huge win uh, against Tampa. And Carolina somehow wins, goes to 5-5. Five and five. Cam Newton looked good. He's now the starting quarterback. And that's a team that looks at the playoffs and says, why can't we get there? Their defense is good. McCaffrey is back and he's healthy. This is Washington at Carolina. I think you know, Carolina wins and all of a sudden they're in good position to get into the postseason. Yeah, exactly. Now, Dave, do we call this the Ron Rivera Bowl? Is that fair? I don't like that. It no. feels it feel it, it feels forced. Okay. No, I don't. We, I'm not a fan we of move that. on. We move on. You you can if you'd like. I'm not going to partake. No, no, we're not going to copyright it. It's okay. Uh, that said, though, I'm very interested to see what Cam Newton can do with more than just a few days under his belt. Because you know, week one when you're joining a new team, especially midway through the season, it's you know just kind of the most basic of plays. You know, you're only giving given such a limited version of the playbook. So now that the playbook is really opening up, I'm interested to see how he's settling in, how he looks. Uh, we, we know that his, his confidence is there. That has not wavered uh, uh, since, since coming back. But, I mean, on Washington side of things, I mean, no Chase Young ironically gave the Washington football, football team maybe their best defensive performance of the year last week against the Bucks. I don't see that happening again this week. I, I think that the Panthers are, are going are gonna to roll, and I think they're going to continue to grow under Cam Newton. 2.0. And with Christian McCaffrey back, oh, yeah. the, the entire offense just it runs differently. I, I mean, it's amazing. They they use him so effectively. It's really it, it's just they're a completely different team when he's healthy and when he's not. Uh, this has now turned itself into a huge game. Indianapolis five and five, Buffalo six and three. We talked about the uh, ramifications behind New England and what they're doing. Well. If somehow Indy goes into Buffalo and beats the Bills, you're looking at a new leader in the AFC East. And Indy needs this game. They've been playing very good football, uh, and they go on the road to Buffalo this week. Yeah, how about the Colts? They have been, uh, as we, we talked about earlier this week, climbing out of a hole. That was Carson Wentz's quote from, from, from last Sunday. But this point of the season to get back to 500 is huge for us. It seems like we've been climbing out of this hole for a while now. You know, the Bills' defense is only allowing, what, 14.2 points per game. Um, it's a tough challenge for, for Jonathan Taylor and Carson Wentz. Even more when you throw in the fact that the Bills' defense is only allowing 3.8 yards per rush right now. So if the Bills do take Jonathan Taylor out of this game and it's completely on Carson Wentz's shoulder to win the game, I I don't trust Wentz to win against the Buffalo Bills. I I don't know how you could, but it's funny. You you, you talk about trying to make Indianapolis one-dimensional. That's what Buffalo is on a good day. Like every, Every day they show up to the stadium and they have no semblance of a running game. Can Buffalo wind up getting to where they want to get to if they're just incapable of running the football? That's a great question. I I don't know because we have seen some flaws from this Buffalo offense when 
their their passing in their passing game and that is as you mentioned like the only offense that they have can i just say though how much i want them to have a running game like you look at guys like devin singletary and zach moss and i'm like i just want the best for you like you are on one of the best offenses in the league how how do you not get any touches how do you not do anything it's not gonna work it's baffling to me it's not gonna work i mean matt Breida was their best running back last week and this is a they put up 400 plus yards of offense they scored 40 plus points and they still could barely get a running game going so it's just not gonna happen i think we, when we look at buffalo say that's a team that has a chance to be really good maybe they'll win the whole thing it will be without a running game uh detroit and cleveland detroit they got their tie last week now they might not have their quarterback this week they go to cleveland who got their doors blown off uh against the patriots yeah, I mean, for the Lions, I, Jared Goff missing two straight days of practice now with that oblique strain. So sounds like Tim Boyle will, will start in that quarterback. And of course, the Lions are saying that they have complete confidence in him to, to step up because what else are you going to say in a situation like that? That may be, Dave, my... Um, my, my favorite cliche in sports when you have a backup quarterback coming in and your, your head coach or your offensive coordinator comes out and they say, yeah, like we have all of the confidence in the world in him. It's like, yeah, what else are you going to say? Wouldn't you love if, the, if the, the coach grabbed the mic one day and said, like, you know what, Tim Boyle, we don't believe in him at all. We, we, we know that he's clearly not even in the same stratosphere as uh, Jared Goff. And uh, it's troubling, and that's probably why we're 12-point favorites in this game. Honestly, I would love it. It would <laughs> – we're never going to hear it, but the transparency would be nice. Yeah. What, what, do, you, what, what do you think What do you think about Mike Lennon this week, uh, Joe Judge? I think he stinks. I think uh, gives us very little, if any, chance to win this game, and uh, we're in major trouble. So bet big on the opposition. Uh, I, I wish. I wish we could uh. – I digress. Uh, knowing, though, that it could be Tim Boyle uh, in, at your starting quarterback for the Lions, feels like the Lions are going to try to beat Cleveland um, on the ground. You know, they had success in their running game last week against the Steelers. Uh, so I, I think that, you know, the Browns are already uncomfortable. If the Lions can run the ball somewhat effectively and, and keep this game competitive, I mean, the, the Browns have to come away with a win. There are some teams here after some uncaring. They're going to win this game. They're going to win this game? Yeah, the Browns are going to win this game. But do you think they're going to get in a position where they feel uncomfortable in this game at all? And how do you expect them to respond? No. I, I, it, no. And listen, I don't think golf is great by any stretch that golf is not great. But no, if, if Cleveland... Uh, doesn't hammer Detroit, I'd be very, very surprised. If Tim Boyle can keep Detroit within shouting distance into the second half of this game, you're Cleveland. Forget about any chances of doing anything this year. I, I, I mean, listen, they're not going to go far, but they're 5-5. Five and five. They do have a chance to get into the postseason. If you, if you are dragging against Detroit, you forget it. It's over. It's done. But if you are Cleveland, you do need that kind of, you know, pound you into the ground kind of game. Oh, uh, yeah. Because we ha- we, have, we haven't seen that from, from the Browns in, in the last few weeks. No, I, and, and I think you'll see it. I'd be surprised if they don't just absolutely destroy uh, right. Detroit in this one. Uh, San Francisco, uh, right off a, a phenomenal win at Jacksonville. There's a lot of things you can say about the Jags. They're not a very good team. Uh, their defense plays very hard. And I don't know whether it's you say they play for Urban Meyer or not, but they still respond to Urban Meyer in a certain way. And they were right in there. Listen, they beat Buffalo. They were right there against Indianapolis. They host San Francisco. I don't think this is a walkover for the Niners in this one. Yeah, I I think the other concern that you would throw in there is that 
it's a short week. You're traveling cross country. Um, but I mean, I trust Jimmy Garoppolo over Trevor Lawrence any day. And especially because the Niners are coming off a game against the Rams where they finally found their offensive rhythm. I mean, this team is so much more healthy than when they were to start this season. It finally feels like you have reliable pieces, both in the execution and the availability. Like these guys can be there on Sunday because they are healthy and ready to go. And I mean, Debo Samuel, what, what more can you say about this guy right now? And he, you know, he was even in the backfield for a few plays last week. I think he was like a career high, like six plays that he was back there and it's working. Like if you can give the, no, however you can give the ball to him, give it to him because he's making magic happen each and every week. I absolutely is. Uh, the haves and the have nots. That is Houston one and eight at Tennessee Eight and two. Is there any other way this game can go than than Tennessee hammers Houston? Yeah, no. This this is all this is all Titans, right? I think the only question we would have is how close. I mean, how competitive can 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 the Texans be? I mean, they're coming off their bye week, which just means that they had a chance not to lose a game last week. Um, we'll see how Terod Taylor looks after a bad showing in his uh, first game back since returning from that hamstring hamstring injury, which he did not look good in. Um, but this has to be all Titans. I mean, what Mike Vrabel is doing, what Ryan Tannehill is doing, th- these guys are these guys are fun to watch. Well, they certainly are. It doesn't matter who they use, right? It doesn't matter what running back they have or what receivers are available. Their defense is getting better, and they just they figure out a way. Uh, Green Bay, 8-2, shut out over Seattle. They were excellent last week, at least defensively. At Minnesota, they're 4-5, and five, but God, Minnesota's that team. I just Every time you think they're done, they're like, no, 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 no. Hang on a second. They go into L.A. They really kind of had their way with the Chargers. They moved the football very well. They slow down that Chargers offense. Minnesota's weird to me. I can't get a feel at all for that team. Yeah, I forget the analogy that you used last week. Um, I say that they're like a splinter under your fingernail or like a rock in your shoe where like they just keep annoying you because they stick around. That That's what this, this Vikings team is right now. That said, I mean, how about Aaron Rodgers missing another week of practice? Last week it was COVID. Week before it was COVID. This week it's a toe injury that he's dealing with right now. But, I mean, Aaron Rodgers, much like Allen Iverson, does not need practice to uh, really continue to beat good teams. We're talking about practice. Not a game. Not a game. Not a game. We're talking about practice. Um, It also helps that when your defense is playing really well. I do think that the Green Bay defense can slow down a even a 1 p.m. Kirk Cousins. Um, like we'll, we'll see this week. But uh, I mean, still a question to know and maybe troubling to, to some extent that Aaron Rodgers continues to be a um, he's not there in practice. Like he, he's not he's not there unless it's Sunday. Yeah, it's true. And we'll see if it, it comes back to uh, to hurt him this week. But they're at Minnesota, who's four and five. And again, you know, that running game is so good. But the difference with Green Bay this year is it feels like their defense is, is at a different level. Right. Exactly. They, they, they slow down the run. They're good against the pass. They get pressure on the quarterback. So that to me is why I feel like I'm watching a different Green Bay team this year than I have in the past. No, I, I, I totally agree with you. And um, even not knowing what kind of Vikings team can, can show up, which I mean, again, they, they are that team that, that that hangs around, that keeps these games very close, very competitive. I, I would trust the, the not I would. I do trust the Green Bay defense to to keep the Vikings at bay. All right, maybe you're tipping your hand. Maybe you'll take the Packers when it comes to your hour picks later in the show. Uh, Baltimore, Chicago, 6-3 and three Ravens, 3-6 and six Bears. Uh, Chicago off a bye. 
Baltimore's receivers kind of banged up at the moment. Lamar Jackson has missed practice this week because of a non-COVID illness. Uh, interesting matchup at, at Soldier Field between the uh, the Ravens and the Bears. Yeah, it is, right? And I mean, the, the Ravens need a win because they looked so bad against the Dolphins on, on Thursday. And I, you know, Justin Fields, it's, you know, maybe he's getting his feet under him a little bit more. I think it's going to be competitive, but the, the Ravens need to correct their team with a win here right now. Because if you are going to be a Super Bowl contender, you can't drop these winnable games. No, you can't. Uh, Justin Fields looked a lot better and is getting better as the season is going on. But if you're Baltimore and you don't win this game, all of a sudden you go from, oh, they could go to the Super Bowl to will they even win the division? This has to be a win. This has to be a win if you're the Ravens. I know you're on the road in Chicago, but if you're going to be the Super Bowl contender, so many think you can be. You need to win this game. Uh, Cincinnati at Vegas. <laughs> it was like three weeks ago that Cincinnati was the, are they the best team in the AFC. Are they going to get the number one seed? Now God knows. And and Vegas was, look at this team. And now they're in a, a battle against Kansas City where if they win this game, they take control of the AFC West. And now look at them. So this is two teams that a couple weeks ago, this would have been the dream matchup. Now both of these clubs really, really struggling. Yeah, it feels like both of these teams are kind of drowning and each one is just grabbing for that that you know that life jacket that's been thrown overboard or that, that, um, that lifesaver to try to figure out who's going to kind of save their season and, and propel themselves back up to, to who they were. Um, I mean, I'm really interested to see which Bengals team shows up here after their bye. I mean, is it the Bengals team that, as you said, was an early AFC favorite in the season? Or is it the Bengals team that lost to the Jets and then got rocked by the Browns? But you know a stat that I did see here, Dave? The Bengals have lost their post-bye game for five straight years now. I feel like the Raiders are going to make it six. Uh, It's not like the Raiders are in great shape, but I, I feel like they have the edge here. That's such a terrible stat because you would think that off a bye, when you have two weeks to prepare for your next opponent and guys come back rested and fresher and healthier, that that would give you such an advantage. Like, I I don't know the numbers, but Andy Reid off a bye, it's insane. Yeah. All all they do is win. And now you look at the Bengals and they can't win off of a bye. But but they, they didn't win at all. Right, that's the truth of it. For off a bye, off two games in five days. Like over the last five years, the Bengals haven't won at all. So I guess it does kind of make sense. They're a team that listen. This is a litmus test for both of these teams. Uh, both teams five and four winner. You have to really like their chances to go on a run and and you know have a chance at the postseason. Loser, maybe it starts to to fade the twenty twenty one season. Uh, Arizona at Seattle. Uh, Arizona eight and two. Um. They lost last time out, but I don't know how, how angry you can be if you're an Arizona fan because they did it without DeAndre Hopkins, without Chase Edmonds, without Kyler Murray. And they're in Seattle, who's 3-6 and six, and really holding on to any rope to try to save this season. Yeah, if uh, if the Bengals and the Raiders are, are trying to grab the lifesaver, the, the Seattle Seahawks are, are trying to grab that fringed end of the rope that, that's just been dangling off to the side of the ocean. Um, but, I mean, th- this game for me is, is very simple to analyze uh if kyler murray is back the cardinals win if it's colt mccoy again then the seahawks win all right let, let, let me throw a monkey wrench into your question because i think it's a good statement you make throw a monkey okay wrench. uh if kyler murray is back but not close to a hundred percent where do you go now i told you i told you i had something to throw in there i know i know 
well, and and I think that's the question that that we're trying to figure out because I think if he does play, it's not like he's going to be 100%. And it looks like DeAndre Hopkins is is not going to, you know, he hasn't wasn't on the field for for full team practice on uh, on Thursday, so it doesn't look like he's going to, you know, or if he makes his return, he's not going to be, you know, 100% healthy either. I have questions about this the Seahawks defense right now. Um, I think that they can beat a healthy Colt McCoy. I don't know if they can beat a a 70% healthy Kyler Murray. Um, so that, that's a great question. I still would probably give the Cardinals the nod there, though. Okay, because you know there's no way that Kyler Murray is going to be 100%. So I guess how how hobbled of a Kyler Murray, like wh- where do you get to? And you're like, all right, there's my number. Like 85%, 80%, 70%. Cause yes, I would say 70% Kyler Murray is still better than Colt McCoy, but there's gotta be some number where you say, no, no, I don't like Arizona anymore. Yeah. But I think that also goes back to the question of how healthy is Kyler or how, like how healthy of a Kyler do you allow onto the field? Because it is Seattle. Um, they are a three and six team. They are trying to to figure their stuff out stuff out right now themselves. Do you sit Kyler if he's fifty percent? That I think that's another question that they're trying to weigh. Absolutely, yeah. I have to have a healthier version of Kyler Murray if I'm Cliff Kingsbury to play him. I can't play a fifty percent Kyler Murray. No way. No way. No how. No. Moving right along, this I, I don't know game of the week. Certainly one of the uh, Dallas six and two at Kansas City six and four. How quickly things changed, right? Uh, the Chiefs, their offense was just atrocious. They couldn't do anything. Well, Patrick Mahomes changed that last week. 400-plus yards, five touchdowns. They destroyed the Raiders. Have they righted the ship, or was it one week where things looked good? I mean, I think that's the, the biggest question that we're going to see this week. But, Dave, I will say this. I'm really just hoping this game lives up to the hype because if this is like a 13-10 game, I'm going to be so unhappy because it feels like on paper, this should be just a, a shootout between Dak Prescott and Patrick Mahomes. This is the first time that these two quarterbacks are going up against each other. I mean, it, it has the billing, as you mentioned, for, for game of the week. I, I'm so excited to see it. That said, am I crazy that I like the Cowboys here? Uh, because if you take away Dak and you take away Patrick Mahomes, I like the Cowboys defense better than what we're seeing from the Chiefs. I don't think that's crazy. I think that's kind of the analysis that most people will give you, that that they think that Dallas is the team. So you could have Dallas plus two and a half uh, this week in Kansas City. We'll see if that's something that you decide to roll with. I mean, I, I look forward to your selections this week. Remember, I only have to give two games because I already have the Patriots. I, I, I we'll, know. We'll I know. It. I know. You already got the Patriots. You got one in the bank. I know. You've stated it. Uh, it's obvious. We are all familiar with what's going on. Pittsburgh, 5-3-1 and one at the Chargers. 5-4, and four, another big game. This is a national game on Sunday night. Boy, Pittsburgh's not very good with Roethlisberger. Without him, they're lousy. I mean, Mason Rudolph stinks and... I guess the question is, how bad is Dwayne Haskins that he can't be good enough to get past Mason Rudolph to start when Roethlisberger doesn't play? Yeah, that, that that's a fair point. I feel like this is also another game where I it's hard to it's it's hard to really get into it because we don't know what's going to happen at quarterback, right? I mean, we can't accurately say what's going to happen in this game because if it is Mason Rudolph, this should be a game where the Chargers bounce back easily, uh, especially with no Minka Fitzpatrick either. But even if you do get Big Ben back, I mean, I think the Chargers still win because the, the Steelers team still feels broken. Um, it, it feels like we We've seen flashes of maybe what what they wanted to be here in 2021, but this still is not a great offense, no matter who your quarterback is. 
their offense stinks, right? The quarterback is is done, and they have a real running back, and they have legitimate receivers. But Ben or Rudolph or Haskins, they just they don't have a legitimate quarterback. You know what's funny to me though? Their their offense is broken. I said their offense kind of stinks. They're five three and one. You know how many teams would would sign to be five three and one halfway through the season, and this is a down season. It just kind of shows you how good of a coach Mike Tomlin is. Yeah, that that that's a great point. You have to give all the the, the credit to to Tomlin and and what he's done and what he has done in the past seasons and what he's still doing right now um, with the, with the Steelers. That said, I. I, I'm really interested to see how the Chargers look in this game, no matter who's at quarterback, because maybe a fault of the Chargers um, in the past few seasons is that they have lost these winnable games. They've lost these close games. Um, they've lost these games where they should not have. Now, I go back to the Eagles game earlier this season when they were at the, when they were at the link in Philadelphia, and they pulled out a close win. That was a step forward for them. I need to see the same thing for the Chargers right now because, you know, it feels like light years ago that they were, you know, maybe one of the best teams in the AFC as well. They're sitting here at five and four. They can't go to five and five. They need to, they need to come out and go into week 12, six and four. Uh, you're 100% right, and it feels like we were all, myself included, premature when it came to this just crowning of the Chargers. As, the, the you know, they are going to be great in the second coming, and they may get there at some point. Not now. But I don't think this year is the point. No, I, I, I don't feel that. Uh, Monday night, Giants 3-6, and six, Tampa 6-3, six and three, Trevor Simeon beat Tampa, Taylor Heineke beat Tampa. Does J- Daniel Jones add his name to that? illustrious list of quarterbacks that have beaten the Bucs on Monday night. I mean, I wouldn't say no. I mean, it feels like we're finally going to see the Giants with Saquon Barkley, Kenny Galladay, Kadarius Toney. I mean, healthy, together. I, how can you not be excited for that right now? I mean, y- you would think that the Bucs would get the edge because they too need a win after dropping back-to-back games for the first time this season. Um, but I, I would lean towards the, the points in this game. Um, I'm, I'm more curious about you, Dave. Walk me through your setup for Monday night. Like, where are you sitting in the house? What's on the menu? Like, what? how are you viewing and taking in this game? Well, food, food, food is secondary. Food, food doesn't matter at all. That might be the worst take you've ever had. No, food is crucial. No, see, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. That's that's not what it's about for me. It's, I'm not a foodie when it comes to a a Monday night Giants game. I'm all about the action. Uh, I can't be with the population, right? So I can't go upstairs with my family because they don't want any part of me. Oh, your family is part of the population. Okay. Well, yeah, I, I'm a man on an island in the game. Now, my little one is is crazy enough that he would attempt to watch with me and probably will for about the first step, and then it's bedtime for him. So I will be in the uh, in the living room with uh, two crated dogs by my side, big screen television, computer out in front of me, uh, probably no socks on, uh, but... No socks? Yeah, I think no socks is probably the way that I'm going to go. Um, I don't know that that's confirmed yet, but that's the, the way I'm thinking. Are you superstitious, though, to the point where, like, no. if the Giants are down and you have your socks off, do you then go put your socks on to try to no, change what's no, happening I'm in not, the game? No, I'm not. No, what happens typically is I will just start to remove clothing. Uh, it turns into a burlesque <laughs> show at my All home. All right. Didn't need to know this. <laughs> uh, I'll be fully clothed and then something bad will happen and I'll take off the sweatshirt. I mean, I can't, I've ripped so many jerseys over the years that people don't even buy them for me anymore. Um, okay. So yeah, uh, I'm I'm a savage lunatic and this is just understood and that's how I am. And, but here's the thing. 
They've killed me. The Giants have single-handedly killed me because I'm not that way anymore. I probably won't be screaming, raving, going nuts. They beat that out of me by week three or four pretty much every season now. So now I'm just, I love the team. I'll watch the game closely, but am I going to be going bananas? Probably not. And when the Giants allow play after play and Brady picks them apart and they make stupid decisions and they take timeouts when they shouldn't and the headsets don't work, am I going to go nuts? I'm not because this is the expectation. The Giants will find ways to um, undermine my excitement every single week. All right. I mean, I... I've told you too much. I shouldn't have gone that deep into the woods. <laughs> like, I don't know where to take it from here. Uh, no, God, God, Godspeed. Um, we'll, Thank you. I mean, we'll, we'll chat. I'm not going to bother you on Monday night, so I can let you focus in on the game. But I, I can't wait to, 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 to recap it all on Tuesday. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what, to be honest with you, if you did bother me, you wouldn't get a response because I am I am off the grid. Like, you will, the group chats, I avoid those, people calling. We know how you feel about group chats. People, yeah, I hate group chats. People know better. Monday night, off limits, stay away from me. I'll be out of control. Okay, uh, that being said, that's all the games. We've gone through all the games. We now need to turn our attention to... Um, to the picks, to your 1-0 start to the week like we've heard about numerous times so far. Kristen took a game on Thursday. She very effectively hit said game. So she has a 1-0 coming into the, the slate of weekend games, which means you'll only pick two games in a moment, Kristen. RJ Santillo, our wonderfully talented producer, uh, would now like to take the reins and let everyone know where we are as far as the standings. Well, hello, Dave. Hello, Kristen. Uh, yeah. As you mentioned, Kristen, 1-0 on the week. and Was not good. This comes after a week of which, I'm not saying this to rub it in, no one won a game. Across the board, <laughs> not great. Defeated, however, this week is already better. And it's only Friday as of recording, so we're already off to a better start. We've already beaten last week. So things are looking up. Dave... Things are not looking up for you. <laughs> I appreciate the giggling. You know what? It's 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 the shot. He takes the shot, then she giggles. I know where I know what side you're on, RJ, and that's fine. That's fine because what will now start to happen is a turn. You're going to now see a dramatic comeback. I've done it before. I will do it again. Didn't you say that a few weeks this ago? This is not a commanding lead that Kristen has, and the worm turns now. But I'll let you continue along with the standings. Uh, commanding lead, no, but it is a lead. Uh, Kristen is 14-16-1 and one with the victory of picking the Patriots correctly. Minus a 6.5 over the Falcons figured in. Dave, you're 11-19. and 19. You're right. It is a deficit uh, that in theory could be cut into uh, in a couple of weeks. So we'll see if you can do that. And I'm here to report a winner... Once again, we said this uh, in the last podcast on Tuesday when that was released, but Kristen is the champion of Survivor, so there's no need to go there this week. And, and uh, I, I guess I'm saving, Dave, you from that as well because your last three were also not correct. So. <laughs> great. Thanks again for being sure to rub Thanks, it in. Thanks, RJ. All right. That's fine. That, yeah, great. The two of you can just canoodle over on the side while I'm all by myself, and, that, and that's fine. And that's fine. All right, Kristen. So you have one game uh, to the plus side. You took New England, minus six and a half. They destroyed Atlanta. You're feeling good. I can see your face. You're giggly. You're smiley. You're happy. You look content. That's fine. Just be careful. Just don't take that foot off the gas because if you do, I'm going to be right behind you. Way behind you because I'm 11 to 19, but right behind you. Are you ready uh, to dive into some of these games? I'm ready. Let's get to it, Dave. All right. Here's my first game. 
I, and you know that I like this game because I hate this team. I think Philadelphia is better than New Orleans. I do. I don't trust the Saints. And I know that the uh, the defense of New Orleans is capable against the run, but Jalen Hurts continues to impress. Devontae Smith is a really, really good receiver. Philly's defense has played very well, and they went into Denver and played well. And New Orleans' offense is unimpressive. That, on top of you, you throw that Alvin Kamara might not play, a Miles Sanders might be back. I'm only given two. I'll lock that one in. Give me Philly minus two at home against the New Orleans Saints. Dave, I really like that because I was going to take the Eagles as well, but... Oh, come on! I am not. I am not because we're at the point of the season where we need to start to separate a little bit more, so I'm not. I like that. But I would like to just give the, the, the little nod that I, too, like the Eagles in this game. Is this one of your six-pack of picks? No, this this six-pack was just a four-pack this week because I already had the Patriots. So you made a five-pack then? Uh, I guess so, then yes. Okay, so it's a five-pack. You didn't make the full six-pack. That The one strand was missing, but you have five games. All right, and that and that was one of the games that you did like in the five-pack? That was like one of my two games that I was going to go with. So I'm going into the reserve of the five-pack now. Oh, into the reserve. Now, uh, let's run through a couple games, then we'll each go back and forth of what we like and what we don't. Uh, Lions and the Browns. And the number on this one just continues to grow. Why? Well, we also don't know the status of uh, of one Jared Goff. Cleveland is 11.5-point favorites over Detroit right now. Yeah, it's too, it's too rich. For, it's too much for me. I... I can't involve myself in this game. The Browns are going to win. I just don't know by how much. I don't know what Browns team is going to show up. We we talked about this earlier that they need to, this needs to be like the statement, just utter destroying of the Lions game for the Browns. I think the Lions may keep it competitive because I don't know what this Browns team can do right now. Yeah, I I wouldn't touch this one either. It is a big number, but I mean, if, if Goff doesn't play and Cleveland needs the win, I would lean Cleveland minus 11 and a half, but I'm, I'm not going to touch this one. But what if Tim Boyle has like a Mike White versus the Bengals-esque game? Who knows what can happen? I guess, but I, I would not expect that to be the way of... What's, his, what's this man's name? Tim Boyle. I don't know where he went to college. I'll do some research on him. Uh, yeah, that's where we're at. Okay. Yeah, I don't, I don't know anything about... Tim Boyle. So I listen, you could be right. Maybe he goes out there and throws for 400 yards, but there's a lot of sarcasm seeping off my voice in, in that take right there. I, I just would like that to be noted. <laughs> okay. Du- duly noted. Um, You want me to give my second game or do you want to give your second game? Give me your second game. Give me your second game. Okay. All right. I don't think you're going to touch this one. And I just, I have a feeling and I have typically taken the favorites this year and it has backfired every step of the way. It's a one o'clock game, and that's all I need to say for my guy, Kirk Cousins. No. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to take Minnesota plus the one point. Aaron, I didn't think Aaron Rodgers was great by any stretch. There's no Aaron Jones. Um, Minnesota needs this game desperately. They're at home. It is one o'clock. They're coming off a fine performance last week. I think they win this game. I'll take the Vikings plus the one at home against Green Bay. Clearly, you're not going to match that game because of the way you're like, no. Yeah, no, I'm not going to. Uh, I think that's crazy, though. Um, Crazy. I, no. Why don't you go the other way? 
Why don't you take the Packers? Why don't you really throw down the gauntlet here? No, sir. We're not doing that right now. Okay. We're not. Uh, no, I think that's super interesting. I... I, I I think that the Vikings are gonna gonna hang around, but if Aaron Rodgers coming off no week of practice um, after COVID last week against the Seahawks was, I mean, I get that the Vikings is, team is in much better shape right now than than Seattle was last week, but um, I just think that the the Packers are the most dangerous team in the NFL right now. I wouldn't want to mess with them. Okay, well, so then where where would you like to go? What what is your second pick uh, in that five pack? I would like to go to arguably the game of the week, and uh, Dallas and Kansas City. You're going. I know you so well. I can make the pick for you. You'll take Dallas minus uh, plus the two and a half against Kansas City. But you go ahead and give the explanation. No, I'm going Cowboys plus two and a half against the Chiefs. And can I just say yep. how disgusted I am with myself that I have picked the Patriots and the Cowboys this week. Like there is something inherently wrong with me right now. And I don't know why I am choosing these teams that I just, I do not like uh, on a, on a, on a mental level, on a, on a spiritual level, on any level. Um, but I, I like the Cowboys in this game. I, I think that we did see a phenomenal performance from Patrick Mahomes uh, last week against the Raiders, but I don't trust this chief's defense. And I think the Cowboys are going to slow down the Chiefs a little bit, and I think Dak Prescott is going to have a day. So give me the Cowboys plus two and a half. All right, Cowboys plus the two and a half. Now, before we get to our final uh, selections, obviously you have Dallas uh, uh, plus the two and a half. Is there anything else that jumps off the page to you as far as needs discussion? Let me run through some of the games you stopped me. Uh, Carolina minus three and a half, Washington. Um, San Francisco on the road in Jacksonville, minus six and a half against the Jaguars. Uh, Bengals Raiders, Cincinnati minus one. I don't have any feel for that one at all. Um, Seattle and Arizona Cardinals giving two and a half. I think baked into that must mean that they expect Kyler Murray's going to go if Arizona on the road in Seattle is giving two and a half points, right? They have to. They have to with that number, yeah. Uh, and, and on that same uh, line, the expectation must be that Roethlisberger is not going to play because the Chargers are six-point favorites at home on Sunday night against the Steelers. I was tempted to to take that because I think that, I mean, you're you're exactly right. With that, you know, six-and-a-half number, that has to mean that it's going to be Mason Rudolph that's stepping in once again. Uh, and I really want the Chargers to, to come back in a big fashion. Um I, I said this earlier, the, the Chargers need to win these close games, and I think this is going to be closer than people think, unfortunately, so I will not touch that number. But I do want to give the Chargers the edge. Okay, uh, and, and, and this is a game I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with, and I, I feel pretty good about this one. And the number's not huge. One of the teams in this game is just horrendous. They're really one of the embarrassments in football. Uh, I'm going to take Miami minus three. Uh, it's Joe Flacco. He's lousy. Dolphins defense is pretty good. Jets defense is awful. Tua has played better. Now, I know that the Dolphins receivers are kind of banged up, but, I mean, I'll take Miami minus the three. I, I think they win this game, and I think this, they win this game by a touchdown plus. I don't even think I'm sweating this out into the fourth quarter. So give me Miami minus three three points in uh, in Jersey against the Jets. Yeah, I feel like this game has to be a lock, right? I, it's it, it just screams, you know, free fall for, for the Jets. Um, uh, Joe Flacco is, he's 36 years old. He, he's, he's not going to get it done. Um, yeah, I, I like Miami minus three. Now, are you taking that game? No, I'm not taking that game. I, I'm saying I like it. I'm agreeing with you. Okay, good. Well, thank you for that. So what what now is the third game that you are taking? All right. 
So this was, uh, this is, I'm reaching into my reserve here and maybe I'm, I'm guided a little bit by, by my heart at this point. But while, while you are sockless on Monday night watching the Giants and the Bucks, Let's go. I'm taking, Let's go. I, you're going to take the I'm Giants. I'm taking the points. Give me the Giants plus 11 against Tampa Bay. Let's go. Wow. Yep. Giants plus 11. I, I just think with the healthy pieces that you have back around Daniel Jones, I and knowing what, I mean, even without those pieces, what they were able to do against the Raiders, the the Bucks, I, I think will get the win, but this is going to be a closer game. Give me the Giants plus the points. Uh, I think the Giants could keep this game somewhat close. So you have the, uh, you have the Giants plus 11. So let's put a bow on this now. We're not making survivor picks anymore because you – Won that, so congratulations. Uh, I have Philly minus two against New Orleans. I have Minnesota plus one against Green Bay. And I have Miami minus three against the Jets. You have New England minus six and a half against Atlanta. I like that one for you. I think you have a good chance at that one. Uh, yeah, I have Dallas. You have Dallas plus two and a half, Kansas City, and Giants plus 11. Oh, thank so you. I see what you've done here. You're taking the points in your other two games. So that concludes our pick segment. We now move on to some fantasy advice and help for you. Kristen, now we help the people because we are a show about the people and we will help them with their fantasy issues or concerns or questions or or any of that kind of stuff. Yeah, I love it. We're, we're by the people, we're for the people, we're of the people. We're like the Constitution. That's what the show is. We're like the Constitution. Um, we really are. Rams, Broncos, both on by this week. So what does that mean? Uh, Stafford, Henderson, Higby. Beckham, Javante Williams, Bridgewater, Judy, Melvin Gordon, right? Tim Patrick. So there, Noah Fant. There are a lot of guys just with those two teams that you will not have in your lineup. We're here to help you appropriately set the lineup. That's that's what we're here for. Um, I I I want to go back to though um, as, as we 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 go to some of the other questions around the league though. Um, a another historic city. Uh, I mean, I felt like when you said the Constitution, I felt like there was the perfect transition to, to go to Philadelphia. Go. Take us to Philadelphia. There we go. So obviously we have the questions now of what the Eagles are going to do at the running back position because that this is what's working for them right now. It is running the football. Miles Sanders could be back this week. The question of do we trust him? Again, I go back to Nick Sirianni earlier this week saying that Miles Sanders will be their starter, quote, when he's healthy. I don't know how healthy Miles Sanders is going to be this week. I would not rely on him also because Nick Sirianni says that there every situation is a different situation. Every play is a different situation and they still want to incorporate Jordan Howard. They still want to go with Boston, Boston Scott. I, I feel like you need to get Miles Sanders in your lineup. Um, but I would be hesitant. I, I would be hesitant to know how much production you're actually going to get. I think it's going to be more in, in coming weeks, but I, I think he has to start this week. So here's, here's my take on this. If I have, Anybody else that I have remote confidence in, I'm going to go there. Like, say I have Daryl Henderson and he's not playing, and now I'm forced into Sanders. Sure, yeah. But I don't. I mean, Miles Sanders, for for what I'm concerned, he could have seven carries. I I mean, he wasn't getting a lot of carries when he was healthy weeks ago. So now that he's coming off an injury, I'm going to believe that they're going to give him 18 carries against the Saints defense. I don't, I don't, unless I have to, I don't want to play Jordan Howard. I don't want to play Boston Scott. I don't want to play Kenneth Gainwell. And I don't want to play Miles Sanders. It's too much unknown. And it's too much Nick Sirianni is kind of like the NFC's version of Bill Belichick, where I just don't trust him. So I get what you say as far as Miles Sanders is concerned. But unless I absolutely have to, 
I don't want to do it. I agree with you. I think it's a situation, and maybe I should have repositioned the, starting him. Uh, it's it's looking at the Eagles running backs. Like if you're going with an Eagles running back this week, I think Miles Sanders is the play there. Okay. Um, also, I totally forgot that Kenneth Gainwell was still on this Eagles team until you just mentioned him. Yeah. Yeah. No, he's uh, he's still there. What a ride. Uh, news and and notes. Um, Nick Chubb activated off the COVID nineteen list, so. He's got a dream matchup, yep. right? You still have Dearness Johnson, which is a, one of one of my favorite names. But it seems like Kareem Hunt not going to be back this week. Chubb should have a monster game against. Now, obviously, he's not available on the waiver wire, but just pay attention that you got to get him into your lineup this week because he's probably been been out of your lineup for a few weeks now. You do, you do, um, and. I, I think there's a few of those situations where we're seeing running backs start to come back um, this week after injury that you, you can start to remember. You, you can you can count on some of their points. I think Saquon Barkley kind of in that boat as well that you can you can put him back in. Things like feels like things are gonna be moving moving well for you this week. Now Kansas City, um, we thought Clyde Edwards Hilaire would be back this week. Andy Reid spoke earlier in the week, and it doesn't sound like he's going to come back. And I think it's smart because they have a bye next week. So you rest him this week, then there's a bye, then he comes back week 13. That being said, Darrell Williams on Sunday Night Football against the Raiders was awesome. I mean, he, he caught the ball, he ran the ball, he scored a touchdown. Excellent, excellent. If he's just the guy, I think you feel pretty confident in, in playing Darrell Williams this week. Oh, a thousand percent. He is in my lineup this week. Um, I honestly thought when you mentioned Clyde Edwards Hilaire and you said that it's good that he's not playing this or it's smart that he's not playing this week, I thought you were going to follow up with because he's terrible, because he is such a dis- <laughs> disappointing running back. He re- I mean, he really. Do you remember rookie season? I mean, they were like NFL aficionados saying he should be picked top overall in fantasy. Yeah. He's been a tremendous disappointment up to this point. He has. And I, I don't know. Am I wrong? Like, Darrell Williams is the equivalent of Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Am I wrong in that statement? No, you are not wrong at all. He has been the guy for for, for Kansas City. He has been such a bright spot. I think he's going to um, – it's it's a tougher matchup against Dallas this week, but I, I think he's going to do well. Um, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, even if he does return, because I'm in a situation where I had Clyde Edwards-Hilaire – Picked up Daryl Williams after every after Clyde Edwards-Hilaire went on uh, went on IR, um, and even if Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is healthy, I'm not moving him back into my starting lineup in two weeks. Yeah, I don't blame you for that. Now uh, PPR Tyler Lockett. I don't know what's happened to him. Now I know Russell Wilson injury, but God, he has really kind of vanished. He he. How about this? He's recorded five and a half points or less in three of the last four weeks. If he can't give you something this week against Arizona. I kind of throw my arms up in the air. I I I don't know. Yeah, I I think this is maybe the the last straw kind of game at this point because Russell Wilson was rightfully so very rusty against the Packers. Um, I mean, you you could see it in his throwing motion. You could see it, you know, him on the sideline. He was uncomfortable in that game. You have to imagine that he is going to look better this week against Arizona. Um, I. I would say that this is the game that you you give it one more shot because Russell Wilson should be healthier. Um, if if things are continuing to fall apart, then I think next week is when you can make the change. I tend to agree with that. Yeah, I would ride one more week for Lockett because you got to figure he's going to do something, and they're going to need to score points in that game. And uh, again, Russell Wilson is back. He was dreadful last week, but he's got to be healthier this week. So I, I tend to agree with you to play Lockett. Now, no Matthew Stafford. So where am I going? Here's the guy. Tell me if I'm crazy for this. And I, he's not going to have a huge game, 
but can I safely play Jimmy Garoppolo and just assume that he's going to give me 200 yards and and a couple touchdowns? Oh, interesting. Um, yeah, no, I I like that a lot. I I think especially knowing the the knowing again that you have the um, the consistent availability and execution of George Kittle, of Debo Samuel. I Having those pieces around Jimmy G, yeah, I, I, I definitely, I like that pickup a lot. Honestly, I thought you were going to go with my guy, who is one, Your guy. one Mr. Cam Newton, oh. because I think he is going to have a great day <laughs> against the Washington football team. I think he is just going to... It's hard to be against Cam. First of all, Washington's defense stinks. Horrible. Second of all, you know that you're going to get, you know you're going to get you know, maybe the equivalent of another touchdown solely in rushing yards. Exactly. And, I mean, it's hard to envision that Cam Newton is not going to put up, I don't know, I, I'd say at least 17 fantasy points, which for a, a fill-in quarterback is a pretty good number. Really nice, yeah. So, I, uh, yeah, Cam would be my guy at quarterback this week. Um, maybe go to a... Uh, just knowing what we're gonna see in that Dolphins Jets matchup, right? Um, but I would I would say say Cam is is the guy this week. Yeah, I think Cam Garoppolo over to it just because I don't I don't know I don't have any confidence in Miami yet. Oh goodness gracious! Yeah, no, he's he's lower on the list. It's it's dependent on uh, what's happening for you this week. Now here is a conundrum: Chris Carson still out, neck issue. They thought he'd be back by now. He's not. Okay, well Alex Collins. They thought that he's going to be the starter. Now I don't know. Didn't practice Thursday, suffering from a groin injury. If he can't go, do I reach for DJ Dallas or or Homer or one of those guys on Seattle, or do I look elsewhere? If you're if you're trying to stay within Seattle, maybe Homer, but I would look elsewhere right now because I again we don't know how. Uh, the, the Seattle offense looked bad against Green Bay last week. I do think that. We're going to see some improvement in the passing game, um, but I, I would not trust any of the the guys. Full, I would not fully trust the the guys currently on uh, the Seattle team at this point. Uh, all right, is there anybody else that we did not cover that that you find that we need to? Yes, I will make this quick. I would just like to say I'm very excited to see what Deontay Foreman is going to do this week uh, for for the Titans. Um, I am. In on him, he is sitting in my flex. Um, I, I picked him up this week uh, as uh, poor Cordero Patterson, no longer with us, RIP, on my fantasy team. Um, so I'm excited to see what happens here this week. All right, yeah, Foreman seems like maybe he's starting to slowly take the job. Um, maybe he'll take it from Peterson. I and... think he is, yeah. So there we have it. Uh, we've 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 laughed, we've cried, we've done everything really on the podcast this week. Um, you've got the one-game advantage already going into the weekend, so good luck to you. And I mean that tongue-in-cheek. I don't really mean that all the way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, good luck to you, and uh, we will reconvene Thanksgiving week, week 12, around the NFL. We'll see what we're thankful for then. And we, we certainly will. So I'm Dave Rothberg. She's Kristen Rogers. And again, this has been the NFL Edge Podcast. 